coming back to you from the city of sin. This is Johnny Las Vegas, otherwise known as that guy. Introducing to you on the other side of this mic. Hey, it's our Rocho. Go ahead, sit back, spark up as we take you on another trip into the ether. We're going to go ahead and talk about the Green New Deal as well as socialism in America. Well, we're going to go ahead and kick this off with social justice. Go ahead, Roach. Hey, what's going on, man? All right. First off, we're going to go with Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, the guy who single-handedly saved the NFL, or as some would believe, destroy it. It depends on which way you look at it. I don't know. You know what? I, I mean, really, you know, I believe that he would be more, he's a better spokesperson than he is a player. He is a great player, but the thing that... Sets him I don't, I don't know if he's a great player, man. I mean, from what I've seen, his I don't know, for stats what he did, suck. For what he did for the 49ers, I mean, it can't get much worse. But, <laughs> you know. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a football guy and I know a lot about it. I mean, after all, my, my team are the Lions, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> However, I will say this. I like to watch football just to watch football, you know? Right. If you want to go ahead and get out on the field and do some protests and stuff like that before the game, after the game, Tell you the truth, I'm not going to be there and I'm not going to see it, so I really don't care. And as an American, that's your choice. On the other hand, you also aren't expected to do things when you're at your job. If I was at my job as a sous chef and I walked out and I said, okay, I'm not going to cook these French fries because, you know, I don't like France, you know, they're French, it would be kind of silly, wouldn't it? I'd probably get fired, right? But he's an entertainer. He has a voice. Mm. See, the thing is, is that that... He's not an entertainer. He's an athlete. And There's a big difference. Okay, athlete. He, well, no, he is an entertainer because what he does entertains individuals. So that does make him an entertainer. Maybe not in the title, sports but overall. Entertainment. Spence, sports entertainment. Overall. You know, the thing is, is that, yeah, even if you were a chef or a janitor or whatever, and you had a movement that you were going to go against, and you just walked out, well, yeah, you, you're... Nobody's looking at that janitor. Nobody's looking at that chef. There's millions and millions of people. You're right. You're looking right. Looking at Colin. He Gabbard. does. He does have a platform. He does have a voice. But there's a time and place for that. And the only reason I say that, I mean, honestly, I could give two craps about what Colin Kaepernick does in his personal life, what he does on the field. I really don't care about the protests, all in general. Like I said, it's not my business. But the only problem that I have with it is. He does have a platform. He can do that in other places. You look at his social media presence, it's there, right? Right. He has a voice outside of his job, right? Would you agree? I agree to a point because the, the old people, you don't see a lot of old people that are at those football games on Instagram. You don't see them on Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat. These people are looking are old at my people. TV. Why those would you want to? Why would you want? Uh, those people are fixed in their ways. We had this conversation when it came to medical marijuana in Florida. Right. Remember, I told you the old people had an opinion about it. It was strong, and you're not going to change that. A lot of these people, they're set in their ways. So at this point in time, you really your best move is to go ahead and let that generation die off because we have a good generation. At this point in time, we live at the greatest point in time of any civilization ever on the face of this earth. And you can, you can want to be oppressed. You can say that, you know, you are oppressed in, you know, because I was discriminated because I was brown. I was discriminated. I mean, right now, the big discrimination that goes on is, you know, towards white Christian males. I mean, 
If you're a white Christian male at this point in time in America, you might as well have lined up those trains and set Jewish people into the gulag or into, you know, Auschwitz. I mean, right now, that's where discrimination lies. Um, you can't really say that his job is different from any other job because he has a voice. The fact that he has that voice and he gets paid to do that means that he can do that at any point in time when he's not supposed to be doing his job. But when's the last time you've seen somebody kneel for something? Especially at a pinnacle event like that. You know what I'm saying? That the, the world was watching. It wasn't just like, you know, a preseason game or whatever. Like this dude literally took a stand in front of thousands and thousands well, of people. Well, he didn't actually take a stand. He took a knee. He took a kneel. Yeah. <laughs> we just want to clarify that. that. But, you know, like... And especially everything that was happening at that time, you know, the Trayvon Martin stuff, the stuff that happened that in Baltimore, and, you know, the dude that got choked out by the police and then ended up fucking dying because he was telling them they couldn't fucking breathe, and yet they still kept applying pressure. You know well, what? You speaking see- of that, speaking of that, well, you know, speaking of that, there was, I was in California. I was in L.A. last week. I was in L.A., well, not last week, the beginning of the week. No? Yeah, it was last week. Last week I was in L.A., and... uh there was news that popped up, and in Fullerton, there was a person that was punching doors, punching doors, punching doors, punching doors. The police killed him. They took him to the ground, they tased him, they handcuffed him. You know, there were, if you saw the video, there was like 20 dudes on this one dude, you know? And there comes a point, like, shit's getting where, too excessive. Where's, where's the point of being excessive? And that's totally understandable. At the same time, being somebody who has had to think on your feet quickly, sometimes people aren't cut out to make the best decisions, and that's when you run into these problem cops. Now, I'm not going to sit here and demonize a whole force of men and women who, by essence, have stood up, took an oath to say, I'm going to put your life before mine and I'm going to get out there and I'm going to do whatever I can to make your life better and make your life safer. But you do have in every corporation and any kind of business, anywhere you go, you're going to have some assholes. That's, That's the bottom line. That's just the way it is. But at the same time, you have things at such a high climate right now because we are divided as a people. You, There's no way to get around. We have a problem with racism. And the problem isn't just one race's problem. The problem is all of our problems because we're all one people. I mean, no matter what, we're going to have to stick around and live with each other. Right. You know I what agree. I'm saying? Yeah, um, I agree. If, if a giant meteor comes and it wipes out half of the population, the other half of the population is going to have to stick around and work with each other to live with each other, right? Yeah, most So definitely. when it comes down to it, being racist and being hateful is just not going to cut you either way. So if you have any kind of those inclinations, then you're kind of an asshole, period. And there's no way you can get away from that. You're going to have those assholes around. And like I said, it also comes down to a level and degree of training. Some, but you also don't think that these motherfuckers abuse their power too? I do believe that there is there is definitely uh, some people. In the, in the military, we had what was called the uh, E4 Mafia. And Lance Corporal Underground. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So you have these people that are part of the E4 Mafia that are legitimately just trying to better the next coming generation. But then you have those chads that 
are just dicks. Right. They're they're the frat boys that like to spank other frat boys, and you know what? They're going to exist no matter what, and they they come in all forms. I mean, don't think that it's just white dudes named Chad. I mean, that governor that you were talking about earlier that said that the LGBT community is like the KKK. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people misconstrued what he said. Given he, the guy is a piece of shit, I mean, don't don't take. I'm not gonna take that away from him. He earned that title all to himself. It really does look like Roberto from fucking the water. Well, he, he might be blind. I, I'm not going to say anything about his eyes like that because I don't know what's going on there. Sometimes you can be yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he's making the face just to make the face, then it's funny. But if he's doing it with Jimmy because he's blind, I don't want to. What I'm getting at is, you think of it like this. We have that, that Smollett case that's going on right now. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of evidence that is coming to light that very much looks like this guy might have set it up so that it looks like that he was jumped by a bunch of white guys. No, no, no. He was jumped by two black guys. But exactly. Here's the thing. The story is they think that he hired the, the Nigerian guy's statement was he hired us. He paid us like 3500 bucks yeah. to beat him up. And he fabricated the whole story. Okay. So now you got Ellen Page, who is a very independent actor, you know, from a lot of different movies. Uh, the movie that I remember her from was her being a sidekick where she rapes a guy so i guess that's all right to do but doing anything else you know if you're on the right you know that's that's bad so she goes out and she comes with the whole we need to ostracize you know all the people that think you know it's wrong for being gay or whatever whatnot you know what i'm not going to sit here and judge anybody in any way shape or form but now you are creating a clan mentality if I'm going to sit here and say I don't agree with you being gay, but I can still be your friend, but that doesn't mean I hate you. I just don't agree with what you do. Right. I want to make it clear, I don't really care if you're gay or not. If you're my homie, you're my homie. Period. Right. But what I'm saying is it's it, it becomes a clan mentality. You know what I mean? The social justice, I mean, what is the difference between a social justice warrior and a social justice activist? That's a good question. What right. would you say? I would put Colin Kaepernick as a person that was an activist because he put his job on the line. Like he could have told, like you said, he could have waited and go on Instagram or Facebook and told the world that the police killing and shooting black people for the wrong reasons. Okay, now he could have done that, but he knew that that wasn't going to do anything because they, they talk about, you know, fucked up things that happen every single week and you know in the locker rooms and nobody pays attention because why because this shit happens over and over again he stepped out went in public and decided you know what fuck you guys i'm gonna I'm, i don't agree with the fucking flag i don't I don't agree what it fucking stands for because no longer does it stand for freedom. It stands for fucking someone with the power of a badge because we both know that but we... But that's his opinion. You're not talking about... That's what. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <clears throat> no. But it's not really an opinion. Have it's, you looked at the is, news the past five years? How many fucking black people have you seen get shot? That, How many white people have got shot? By yeah. an officer. By an officer. How many if have you If you seen? look at the statistics, if you want to talk statistics then you will see that more white people are actually shot by white cops. More black people are actually shot by all cops, period, white or black. Actually, most of the shootings between cops and individuals 
the cops themselves usually end up being of some sort of ethnicity. So it doesn't come down to whether or not they're shooting them just because they're black. It comes down to a whole plethora of things. And like I said, as somebody who has had to make snap decisions in the most dire of moments, sometimes you don't see everything that you should see. But what you do see is something that's going to harm you or somebody else. So you make that quick snap judgment reaction. However, however, you do it, like I said, you do have a small section. I'm not going to paint the whole NYPD for something that two officers did because they told this guy that he can't be selling cigarettes. Was that excessive force? Yes, that was extreme. Those guys right there, they deserve to answer for what they did. You can't sit there and tell me that as soon as these white cops get badges, the first thing they do is go hunting down black people. Because nine times out of 10, actually, I'll even give you the benefit of a doubt, seven times out of 10, the only thing that a cop, which I have a lot of cop friends, the only thing they do when they clock in is try to make it back to their families when they clock out. Now, if they can do good in between those hours, they will. If they end up having to end up shooting somebody, that is not something that a lot of people take lightly. I mean, shooting somebody, taking somebody's life, it's not something that anybody takes lightly. The only way that you can take shooting somebody lightly is if you are Hitler himself. Somebody with that kind of a mentality. I don't believe that all cops are like that. I don't believe that Colin Kaepernick was justified in classifying the whole of United States as being racist because a lot of us aren't racist. We're not. I mean, if you go through the majority of the country, you're going to find more of a helping hand than you're going to find racism, whether you're white, black, or anything. And especially coming out here to the West Coast, out in this, this Beltway area, everybody's got something in them. Right. I mean, I rarely see anybody who gives anybody a hard time for being black. For being Hispanic. I had a lot of problems with that up in the north. I had a lot of problems well, down in the south of Florida. You know, um, Either way, this is the way I see it. A social justice warrior is somebody who will look at something, deem it wrong, and then shame everybody because they see something that's wrong. Whereas in an activist says, see something that's wrong, and then incorporates a community to fix whatever it is that's wrong, but they don't shame anybody around it. You know, just because I don't agree with your lifestyle doesn't mean I hate you. That's my two cents. You know what I mean? Right. I'm going to let you live and be you. Doesn't mean I have to agree with you. Doesn't mean I even have to like you. Will I shake your hand when you greet me? Yes, I will. My only question is, do you think he sold out? Who, you Colin Kaepernick? Yeah. Because he did got a payday today, or not today, but a few days ago, we got a payday, and I he got a big payday. So, no, I think I think this guy is actually played his cards exactly how he wanted to, and he did everything right. And kudos for him. I agree. Did he tear apart a country in in his in the wake of in it? the wake of it? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, now here's the question. Do you yourself, because I know I ask myself this every time I come face with a, a moral dilemma, does that really affect 
me in my life? Am I still going to turn on Sunday night football? Well, if my shitty team, the Lions, are playing, yes. I mean, until until they're out of the until they're out of the running, I watch NFL football. He himself is not going to deter me in any any which way, shape, or form. I'm not that small-minded to fall into these games because I don't really care. <laughs> I just I really think that he did something that stood him apart from his generation, from his generation of being an athlete. Oh, and what definitely. I think he stood himself apart, knowing the risk that he was about to take. And you know what, like you said, yeah, I agree. He deserves his fucking payday. He went through a lot. And you know what, Colin Kaepernick, you ever hear this shit, man? I hope you end up with Carolina. I heard you were about to go to Carolina, man. I hope the fucking best for you, dude. And I wish, and I want to, me personally, I want to say what you did for not only your race, but a generation. I hope you understand that I appreciate you for what you've done. Because I know it took a lot of balls and it took a lot of fucking nutsack to go in front of everybody and prove your point when everybody else wanted to prove you wrong. Hey, Colin Kaepernick, if you're listening, I'd like to just sit down and have a chat with you. And just with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be back on the other side of this dark side. Shout out to Thrive. They have two locations, one in North Las Vegas, one near the Strip. Thank you for contributing to this episode. Okay, we're going to start off with this subject that's near and dear to my heart, which is the Green New Deal, as well as socialism in America. How do you feel about this, El Rocho? You know what, dog? I'm, to be completely fucking honest with you, I really don't have much of an idea about it. I'm pretty interested, so right along with everybody else, you know, tell us about it, man. And you know what? This is... Something that I hear a lot, especially when I like am trolling through Facebook and stuff like that, is there's a lot of misinformation, there's a lot of no information exactly what's going on. Now, specifically talking about this Green New Deal, it's this new bill that this rock star known as the AOC, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. A few things about this intelligent young woman. I mean, some people would say she was, some people wouldn't. You know, she's getting paid $11 million from Netflix for they're going to be doing an autobiography well, for her about her life. They would have to do something because she was having trouble figuring out how she was going to have money to live in D.C. because she didn't realize she had to pay for her own apartment. That's what I'm talking about. I get it. She's a she's a fresh face. Netflix wants to jump in on it. Everybody wants an interview with this young woman. She's a new face. She's not something that we see normally when it comes to politics. Right. You know, normally you would think of what? Like Bill Clinton, fucking an George old Bush. white guy with white hair. Yeah. Right. And here we got this young Puerto Rican woman who, besides having crazy eyes. She's rather attractive. I'm not really sure what her sexual orientation. That's really none of my business. But I would say yes. If I did see her in a bar, I would probably approach her. You know what they say? The crazy ones are the ones that... Redheads, too. Redheads, you know. We all have our taste. Not to sound too misogynistic in this segment, what I find awe-inspiring is the fact that she is this young up-and-coming rock star. Tell and 
the thing is she comes from a place where you would think that somebody would gain a lot of knowledge of the common folk. You know, she's, she was a bartender. Okay. Know? So being somebody who has been a bartender, I've learned a lot of stuff about people sitting behind a bar. Now, do I, do I think that makes me qualified to run a treasury or anything in the uh, municipalities? No, I, you know, my, I don't have an economics degree. She does, which is the scariest thing about it. She's this champion of this Green New Deal, which is, sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, like, why wouldn't you want to get healthy and shit? Yeah, I mean, it sounds green, it's healthy, you know, organic, whatever. It is very euphoric sounding, like maybe some would say a utopia, which if you don't know where that word really comes from, it's a socialism type thing. Like a perfect place. <laughs> it, it would be something, it would be a place you would find unicorns at. Mm. The Green New Deal itself calls for some pretty drastic changes. Now, one of the biggest changes is the emissions of methane and gas, you know, the global global warming global warming crisis. You know, that's where this tax its teeth in. This is the head of the beast. They want to get behind this bill that sounds like it's trying to save the planet. And in this bill, they have things like, we're going to cut down on meat consumption. Let's break this down. Meat consumption because cows produce a lot of the methane gas. And everybody's heard this story. <laughs> it's a funny story, right? Right. Farting cows, right. she wants to get rid of farting cows. And that bill is a way where she'll start cutting down on meat consumption. Well, what are you telling me that if I have the money to buy, you're not going to sell me this meat because I've reached my quota of meat for the month? That's something that they did in communist Russia. Doesn't, doesn't that what it sound like? Right. They're talking about being off of all fossil fuels within 10 years. Now, mind you, the premises for her whole action behind this bill is that we're only going to live for another 12 years. We only have 12 years if we don't act now. The world's going to explode. The world's going to become a giant boiled egg. And this is her premise to begin this bill. So within 10 years, we're going to be off of fossil fuels. So that gives us another two years afterwards. We might tack on another three years according to her right. predictions. Take some day after tomorrow shit right there. Yeah, it really is. That's, and that's what it framed as. When you look at the actual reality of what happens... I can show you a direct reference to what's happening today in the world. Now, a lot of people gave criticism to President Trump, whether you agree with him or not. He was still criticized over the Paris Accord. Do you remember hearing about the Paris Accord? Yeah, that was what they were. They just didn't even want to participate in anything that he was. Yeah, well, the accord it was signed under uh, President Obama, and it was a conglomerate of all these countries who would throw in on this effort of things that we're going to do ourselves as countries and fees that we would pay into a giant bank to help with all these things in our countries and other countries, and it would make everything green. It would be a new green deal, only they called it the Paris Accord. President Trump pulled out of the Paris Accord, and everybody criticized him for it. Well, the Paris Accord has moved forward in other regions. The reasons he pulled out is because America would end up having to pay a lot of money, whereas in other countries that are known for bypassing regulations that normally we put on people, they bypass those regulations, they don't have to pay it. They don't, their emissions report is different from us. If I bought a vehicle in Europe right now, I would have the emissions changed to have that shift over to America. You know what I'm saying? So right. these are things that they're not even bothering to do, but we have to do, if we don't do them, then we get fined money. But why don't they have to do them? So Trump was like, no, we're going to find our own way to become a better, greener way of living. Now, what happened was Paris went ahead, they went through with their own accord, and now they had a, a tax hike in their fuel. 
Now, if you have looked at what's going on in Paris lately, like you said, what were they called? The Yellow Vest. Yeah, the Yellow Vest protest. Now, because, now I've lived in Europe, now you have to understand, when I was in Europe as, as in the military, you would get, we would receive fuel coupons, which means we would buy a book of checks for 120 bucks, and that would give us like so many liters of gas, because a liter of gas over there on the economy would cost you seven euros, which is like 10 bucks for a liter. You're not even getting a full gallon. Now the new Paris Accord placed an additional tax where these people were paying 12 euros. Oh shit. 15 euros for gas. Almost double. Exactly. The way they frame it is if you have to pay this much for gas, you're going to find alternative ways to commute back and forth. like a motherfucker. Exactly. But people don't realize America is not France. People need to realize that America can fit four or five European continents within its border. So socialism breaks down in places this side. The only way that any type of pseudo-socialism might work is if the union was dissolved and we were broken to province where a couple of states would have each other's backs and it would be worked out that way but so that's why like in england and shit for the king and queen that's why it's the way it is because of it being smaller than yeah. less places to rule so they can keep everything you see and this plan. is these are the things like when people talk about like universal health care london this is a very socialist view on on healthcare in America, and everybody thinks that this is going to be the answer because, yes, America does generate a lot of wealth on both the pharmaceutical fronts as well as corporations as well. We have a lot of money. We have a lot of excess of stuff. America, ever since its inception, has been known for being excellent. We thrive on excellence, and in times of dire straits, we pull together unlike any other nation in the world has ever done before, and we end up thriving off of it. These are the arguments that are worked into the 9-11 conspiracy theories. Why did George Bush have it happen? What happened after 9-11? We were the strongest we had ever been to unified as a people. No matter who it was. Yeah, because you know what? We've seen strong images like 9-11, a man carrying a child, and the guy is black and the child is white, but they're both covered in soot, and he couldn't tell color. All you could see was those were two Yankees that needed each other and they were there for each other. Times of dire straits, we had the strength to pull through as a unified nation, unlike any other country in the world. Just like when it happened in Oklahoma, too. Yeah, I mean, that was the first time that me and you probably ever experienced real terrorism and evil in the world. And that's a homegrown terrorist. Yeah, that dude's from Michigan. Yeah, he was from Michigan. I remember, actually, when they uh, raided Terry Nichols' spot in Deckerville, we were actually trapped because we were coming back one of our relative spots. We were coming back to Cairo and we couldn't take the road because they had it all blocked off with FBI, the ATF and all them. So we actually got to see a lot of that stuff go down. That was when I was like, I think probably about 10 or 11. Yeah, it was beyond. Yeah. You see, so that's what I'm saying. We do have as a nation the ability to come together. Now, when it comes to this Green New Deal and stuff like that, Like I said, we have a working example of what happens when you try to do things like this. Mind you, it sounds very good. I mean, everybody wants to make this world better. We do have to work together to figure out a way to deal with some of the problems that we have, like we have in South Florida with their water crisis, with Flint and their water crisis, 
because there's ways that we need to work around it. The problem is we're too busy fighting with each other on what we think is right. So at this point in time, we hear the saying, too many chiefs. Not enough Indians. Exactly. And that's, that's what we need to start working with. The problem that we face right now is not the fact that Donald Trump colluded with Russia. We don't, our problem isn't that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer do not want a, a wall. Our problem right now is that we need to come together in tighter knitter communities to make the difference. We can send somebody to Washington all day long, but if that person's standing on the other side of the wall, we don't know if they're working or not. But you know who we know is working because we can see our local mayors, right? our local county officials, our local seats. Hold these people's feet to the flame. You voted them in for a reason. They are your voice. The way it works is you have a voice and you go ahead and you get a group of people and you say, hey, this is my concern. And if they agree with you, you get all those signatures and you go to your county seat and you say, this is our problem right here in the fifth ward. This is how we want to attack it because we, as the people, Uncle James over there who lives on that corner, Aunt Sally who lives on that corner, they see that at this time is when the street lights go off and this is where they see a lot of people running drugs. So we need these lights on. The change starts at the ground level. You can't start that change all the way at the top. So in your perfect world, what, what do you think, if it's not the green movement and if it's not one of these left or right parties, just a little fucking glimpse, what would you feel is a perfect thing to make a perfect world at this moment so we all so that, can So together? that it could all be cohesive. Look, we got to go back. And you see there's a big argument about how the Constitution is an archaic document that needs to be revised. The Constitution's a living, breathing entity. And the way that it lives and it breathes is through the Bill of Rights and the amendment. You can always amend the Constitution. You know what I mean? Right. The 13th Amendment, the 15th Amendment. Those were things that were added onto the Constitution after it was written. As purview by the law, as the law that the people are speaking, the Constitution starts off with what words? We the people. Exactly. So what is the Constitution? The Constitution is a set of laws that we have all agreed on, but that doesn't mean that it can't be altered. Now, you can't take away from the Constitution, but you can add to it. Take the bump stock issue. Now, you can't totally outlaw firearms because it's against the Constitution. You can't take it away. However, you can say that you can't have automatic weapons. You can say that you can't have something on this weapon that makes your rifle fire at 10, 15 rounds a minute. Or 10, 15 rounds a second, you know. Right. It's, which it's not. I mean, that's ridiculous. I say 10, 15 rounds a minute. I mean, that's you, fucking archaic right yeah, there. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, stand back while I load my muzzle, my friend. Real, yo. <laughs> so, in my perfect world, the way that I think of it is like this. We have to realize that two evil entities have fooled the world and America into believing that they are our only two choices. The Democratic and the Republican Party are poisoned. The last time that we voted in a third party, you know who that was? That was, a long, that was a while ago, wasn't it? It was Abraham Lincoln. And you know what party that was? The Republican Party. Because what a lot of people don't understand, before the Republicans were even established, the two main parties were the Democrats and the Whigs. Oh, W-H-I-G-S. A third party 
which would be considered our independent, our libertarian party today, a third party ran in that election. And who was that third party? Abraham Lincoln. Exactly, and he was the Republican Party. He wasn't the father of the Republican Party, but he is the one who brought it into the mainstream. The Constitution is the pillar for the Republican Party. Liberals and Democrats, they want to take that and form the wording of that document. Whereas in conservatives and Republicans want to add to it. That makes you, know, sense. Right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The power that you get within doing either of these things, if you get to change language within it, that means you change it completely if you ever want to try to revise it, go back, or see if that new language doesn't work after 20 years. You don't know what the original language was, so you're kind of screwed. Now, if you amend it the way that you, conservatives not take away from it or change it, but add to it, then you can always be like, all right, well, that's not working, so we're going to take that amendment, water it up, and throw it away. Right. But that has to be something that's voted down. Now, what we need to do is work on a level to where if we need anything voted on on a federal level, it should start down at the municipality. It should start down with your mayor coming down and saying, our community needs to put in these votes for this or this. And we're going to be the voice for this region, and this region is going to be a voice for this state, and this state's going to be the voice for that's who our senator is going to take all the way up to vote for that law. So say we put recreational marijuana on the federal legislation. It should work all the way down from the counties, mayors, towns. You know, the mayor asks, hey, do you, do you want to? Yes. Do you want to? No. So now he's got all of his town's votes, and the majority of his town says yes. So his vote's going to be yes, inside of all the counties. It's like townships and shit. Exactly. So then they're going to go to all those and whatever outweighs yes, yeas, and nays are going to go to the state. So now that state is going to be like, okay, the majority of the people in my state say they want to legalize recreational marijuana. That's the way it's supposed to work, but it gets broken up to where just state legislations are making these choices for us. So then at the end of the day, I mean... At the end of the day, we're stuck. Until we can rid ourselves of these two poisonous systems and start voting as a people and not as an identity, but as a community, then we're pretty much screwed, my friend. And you're going to do so much? Yeah, there is. I mean, you can put the information out there. You know the old adage, what is it? You can lead a horse to the, to the water, but you can't make him drink. Exactly. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take another break. We'll go ahead and see you on the other side of this intermission. Thank you. this hour with what we deem to be social justice and what our views on today's current social climate. I'm going to go ahead and start off with, with the story of the 11-year-old boy who was arrested for not saying the Pledge of Allegiance. I believe you're reading up on this, Roach. Yeah, man. So there was this 11-year-old uh, black student in Lakeland, Florida that... It always has to be Florida. Let me just... 
Let me just throw that out. Florida has its own separate class of people. (laughs) Basalt people. Yes. Okay, so... We love you. (laughs) There was an 11-year-old black student, and the only reason why I put the race in there is because of the story. He was asked to... You see, and I find that is what a lot of social justice arguments like to do, but that already divides an argument. Right. And and I agree, but the, the the story was that the kid. See, I can't just say the kid because the kid stands up and was asked to stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance, and he stated that he he didn't stand up. He sat down in his chair, and he told them that he felt that the national anthem was uh, racist against black people, which is a sentiment that we've heard a lot lately today. And you know. I guess my argument and everything, because that my first argument was that, you know, maybe they, the oppression is there a little bit, and you know, there's a lot of things that they do get the the black community do really to get fucking left behind on whether anybody wants to agree with it or not. The point that I was trying to make in the beginning was that there was. This, the kid's 11 years old, and he feels that a whole country is against him, and then... But where does that come from? At 11 years old, I know, depending on where you grow up in America, whether it's rural or urban, you could have a very different view of 11 years old and what you hear. And, you know, I thought about it. I thought, you know... What did you hear at 11 years old? I mean, you were a big... You were in wrestling. Right. So I imagine a lot of the stuff that you heard was more geared along the athletic side as opposed to what he hears is a lot of the negative side of everything that's happening right these days exactly and you know i thought about it you know because when we talked about it earlier your little defense part in the beginning was that you know he had to learn it from his mom and dad and you know maybe back in the day when we were growing up yeah that was the case but dude somebody's gonna listen to this so who's saying that we're not spreading something? You know what I'm saying? So now that outlet just doesn't get the fault put down on the parents. Like I was saying earlier, Colin Kaepernick standing up. Now who's this 11-year-old dude that's 11-year-old kid that's watching the NFL seeing it's, that is Exactly. A star. And this this is how I was talking about because you got what you have done now was you put a concept into a child's head. Now, that child is at that point in time, from the ages of 5 to 14, around those times, they have, even some have argued to 16 to 18, you have a soft shell head, which in the psychology world is what they call for somebody who takes in simple concepts, but doesn't really take in any of the research or anything like that. So, now you have Colin Kaepernick talking about the racial justice of how cops kill black people. Remember what I said earlier, what that basically boils down to is that all cops are bad. Now you have this young child who has the mentality of a young child and is not able to discern between those two different factions of good cop, bad cop, because now all he sees is his hero who's being touted as a proud black African hero now in the mainstream media as saying cops kill black people. Does he hear that no, bad cops kill black people? 
No. What he's hearing is... Cops kill black people. Not black, bad, bad cops right. kill black people. See, and that's my whole problem with the argument. When I say it comes down to what his parents are teaching him, we've had this discussion many times before, and this even leaks into we were talking the Trayvon Martin case. We both agree that George Zimmerman was wrong right. to shoot this young black man. And I call him a young black man because at the point in time where he was shot, he was able to subdue a larger man and beat the crap out of him. We weren't talking about a kid. This kid was could probably handle... Obviously, he could handle himself, right? Right. Okay, now, the problem that we have with this argument where we fall apart at, because we both agree it was wrong. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, George Zimmerman should rot in hell because, one, he couldn't handle himself with... Without escalating. Without escalating. He shouldn't have even escalated it to that point. You know, it's not his point. It's not his place. Um, He's not allowing somebody... You know, he didn't have no reason to stop him. But at the same time, Trayvon Martin, same thing that I tell my 17, soon-to-be 18-year-old child, hey, if somebody's following you, you confront them and you make it known that there's a problem happening. You don't sneak around the back and then try to jump the person from behind. Right. Because that person doesn't know you. He doesn't know what you are. He doesn't know what, what you, you have. Mean? All he knows is that he's getting the shit beat out of him. And he doesn't know that you're a 15-year-old kid because at six foot tall, sorry, I'm not going to think of you. As, I mean, I'm five foot seven on, on a good day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so if so if a six foot person starts beating me up at midnight and he's actually handing handing me my ass, I might find something to turn him off. It like I wouldn't shoot him myself. I would use something less lethal, because I'm not a coward that way. Um, I believe guns are for home protection. You know, if you have to protect you in your new vehicle, good. But Shouldn't be walking around with a gun. There's definitely ways you can get around doing stuff. But when it comes down to it, it's the way you raise your children, man. This kid was arrested. He was put in cuffs, right? Correct. And what I don't understand is, was he taken to a jail cell or was he taken to the principal's office? Because when you say put in handcuffs and in school, you have your, especially nowadays, all schools have an officer. Thanks, security, right? yeah. Okay. So does that mean he refused to leave the classroom? He was making more of a stink than had to have been? Did they tell him to sit down and be quiet if he doesn't want to participate? I, these are details that I need to know before I can straight out lash out against anybody for doing anything wrong. And, you know, the thing was is that how it even escalated was the teacher, um, he's from Cuba, and he told the student that if he wasn't happy with where he was at, that he could up and leave the country and well the black student was like well you know what we came on a fucking boat so it's like kind of hard to leave because the cuban teacher was like well you know what i came here from cuba and if i felt like america wasn't helping me at all i'd go back to my own country like my point is like i get it man like it all comes from the parents and you know celebrities and we all take a part in you know we all we all raise a village yeah what the fuck is that saying it takes it takes a village to raise a child there you go so you come down into the 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 psychological argument of nurture versus nature you're but no it's more of 
this kid is 11 years old and has the views. Whether but where it's from does he get else. those views? But that's the thing. Is that's where I'm trying to go? Is that if he got the view from somebody else? Okay, so somebody else misconstrued his, you know, his view. But even at 11 years old, man, some of these kids are fucking smart. So maybe he did a little bit of fucking research. Maybe it is all blast over the fucking news of, you know, somebody in Baltimore getting shot down or somebody in Ferguson fucking getting trapped out. You know, all this stuff. And then this dude, this 11-year-old kid gets arrested. He gets fucking arrested but and put in this, handcuffs. This is what I'm talking about. When you talk about arrested, did he go to jail or did he go to the principal's but office? As what, as 11 years old and you're getting put in fucking handcuffs? And then and on top did, of it, this kid has to go back to school the but, next day and the next day and the but next here's, day. Here's, here's, here's how I'm going to break it down. I was put in handcuffs as a child. I've had a very troubled past. However, I would have to say most of it was brought on by my own actions. I do not see them openly persecuting this child. I, I get it. He didn't want to stand for the flag. He didn't want to participate. I imagine if he sat there quietly and didn't say anything, he didn't have to get put in handcuffs. I 95% agree. I, if that really is what happened, but, like I said, I like to know the facts. Did he stand up afterward talking about how he doesn't have to? Oh, he was, so he told the he told the teacher that he would fucking have somebody come beat him up, but that was after he was telling him to fucking okay, go to so, the country. Okay, so so basically, where did it escalate? And who escalated? Now, did he not want to stand up and say the Pledge of Allegiance? So then the teacher was just like, you either stand or you leave? I, like I said, it wasn't in the fucking full... Like I said, right on the New York okay. Post. You can look at the you article. See, these for these are things we'll have to revisit here on another, on, on another episode. But it's, it's a question that, that, that begs to be answered because you have to understand, if the boy himself, like I myself, I was a bit of a dickhead as, as a child. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Middle school... They would tell me all the time, you know what? Take your stuff, pack it up, go sit down in the hallway. And I would do my little class clown act, and I'd walk out. What I ask is, instead of a class clown act, did this young man feel to take on himself to ostracize a teacher about what the teacher had no part in? Because everybody's just really trying to get through the day. Especially when you're 11 years old and you're in fourth grade. Yeah. You, you really, what do you want to do? You want to go in there, sit down, stand up, Hang go outside. Friends. You want to get out of there as soon as possible. So if they say, hey, do the Pledge of Allegiance, you do it. But if, if they, you're like, I don't want to do it, and they're like, all right, go stand out in the hallway while we do it. Dude, go stand out in the hallway. But doesn't that teach separatism? No, how it doesn't. Does, how is that fair? Like we were talking about earlier. No, it doesn't. Like being, the, being the white male fucking being the Christian being the most fucking separate person. Now this dude fucking stands against his rights. Like again, it's I, the, here's, the, here's the thing. Why, does it, why can't he just sit at the desk? Why does he have to be separate from that's, everybody that's else? That's what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure he was given that option to just sit down there and not say anything. And I'm pretty sure he... Because me as a young child, I would feel slighted. As a young rebellious man, I would be like... I have been slighted, sir. I would pull out the glove and I'd slap him in the face and challenge him to a duel. Right. And I would be sent out in the hallway, I'm telling you. I understand the way that a young man at the age of 11 would act, especially if I was trying to make a stand and do something that I seen my idol doing. Right. Now, this is where it comes down to the whole toxic masculinity. The way I think of it is this. We are taught as young men how to act and conduct ourselves. And one of the things that I've always been taught as a young man was to treat people with the utmost 
respect. I don't have to agree with you. I don't even have to like you. But I will act civilized with you because that is how a gentleman acts. Most definitely. Now, there are arenas where you can go ahead and pull out the Johnny Bad Boy. And those arenas very few and far between. They're not like we wish that they would be in the cinemas. So, Antifa, you need to sit down there, buddy. <laughs> you know, so the way I would, I would frame it is this, is... We've missed a whole step. Back when I was being raised to be the gentleman that I've grown up to be, we always heard that you don't womanize. You right. don't gamble. You don't drink. You know who does those type of things? <laughs> Me? Yeah. <laughs> all, all three. Yeah, all three. You do it in moderation. It doesn't... Right. Well, the way that we're taught is you don't womanize. You don't, you don't treat women like meat. If you do, you're a chauvinist. Right. And for some odd reason, we have deleted that word from history and we have replaced it with toxic masculinity now why did we do that no fucking idea now the only thing that i could think of is if i have an agenda that wants to demonize a whole general population i.e the male population then i'm going to do everything that i can to start identifying him with something that's negative you know right so chauvinist sounds nothing like masculine does it right so we got to make and more gender specific. Yeah, we got to make sure that we know that masculine, those are the guys that are bad, not necessarily chauvinists. Hey, what's fucked up is that I think I know more fucking females that are more masculine than some of the men that I know. And that's, that's a concept that people fail to understand now these days. Masculine doesn't have to be gender specific. So we're not just being a male specific thing. I, like, I truly believe that Females, like I said, I, I know more fucking females are more masculine than some of my dude friends are, for real. Oh, yeah, definitely, because I don't, I don't care what you are. If you want to go ahead and play the LGBTQ game and pick whatever letter you want to be, hey, I'm going to go ahead and support you no matter what. Right. Masculinity is something that's taught and it's evolved through a species. I mean, there's always been male and female. Whether or not you want to play that gender game afterwards, that's just the way evolution works out. When it comes to being... Male, at the beginning, we thought of male as being masculine. What that means is being the protector. We were the hunters. You know, we were the gatherers. And then you got to the female species, and they were the nurturers. And they would, we would give them the raw materials, and they would go ahead. Make a home. Now, I get it. Those lines are blurred, and they've changed these days. The spectrum is all over the place. And like I said, I support whatever kind of thing that you want to do because that doesn't affect me in my personal life. That's something that you need to do to be happy. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try to be happy for you, you know? And I'm going to support you as much as I possibly can. Exactly. When it comes down to being masculine, it, you got to think of it as how do I want to raise my son or even my daughter? If my daughter decided that she would like to be a flannel-wearing uh, they call them butches. Yeah. If she want to be a lesbian. If yeah, she want to be a lesbian butch, you know, and she wanted to take on that masculine role, I would instill the same kind of values that I would instill in my son. Exactly. Now, if my son wanted to not go ahead and go with that, then he would have to go to his mother because I only know how to be masculine. Exactly. Sorry. Right. No. But, but that doesn't make me a bad... I recognize the contributions that feminine, femininity... Femininity yeah. has and how it complements the masculine of my role. Now, I'm not saying my role is cut out for everybody else, right? Right. I mean, everybody's got their own 
game that they're playing. Everybody has their own struggle in life. Right. My job is to create a safe and humble abode for my family. And if I can make your world a little bit better, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and try. Right. And we talk, you know, we talk about the male and female thing. And there's another episode I want to talk about, you know, gender roles and feminism because I believe that. Like you talked about, we've lost, you know, context on the point of males and females being the alpha position without having to feel like they're fucking separate from everybody else. I feel that men and women both have lost lost their speciality inside of who they are. Men for now want to fucking play women, female positions and females want to play male positions. And we wonder why us as a society is all sorts of fucked up because in the beginning we all had these views and we all agreed well, we on We all views. had a lane in the beginning. I mean, everybody kind of knew where they fit into their box. But today's age, we have broken those boxes open wide. It doesn't come down to whether you're a man or a woman. We just forgot to be a family. Exactly. And you know what? Like you said, you can't... If your son wanted to be a daughter, you couldn't teach your son to be a daughter. He would have to go to his mom. Yeah. That didn't mean you disgraced him or fucking took down on him. No. You were just like, dude, no. I can't do this. Am I going to refer to you by your new pronouns? And am I going to call you my daughter? I'm going to have to. Because no matter what, it's happening, right? Right. There's only one of two choices that comes down to it. Are you the type of person that's going to go ahead and walk away completely and lose your child by choice? Or are you just going to embrace whatever is left there and try to make them as happy as possible? I mean, because in the end, is it your path to happiness that counts? I mean, you don't do what you're doing right now for yourself. Right. right, right. I do it for somebody else to make sure that somebody else can care. You do it for your children to make sure that later on in life that your children are always going to have something better that you didn't have growing up. Most definitely. <clears throat> so that they won't have to struggle like you have struggled. Exactly. But that's just something that everybody... You have to ask yourself, is it really worth losing my child over something like that? And if you say yes then you're on a different plane of existence for me. I appreciate it. I'm not going to judge anybody because it's not my place to judge. So we're going to end this off and we both agree on a topic that, you know, socially and, you know, in the world, that there's a lot of fucked up things going on. There's a lot of prejudice and things like we that. We need to come together. We really do. Because when the aliens start to attack... Who's going to fight them? I know. We're going to be too busy fighting each other because some stupid shit and the aliens are going to take advantage of that. That's probably why they even fucking came here because we're all fucking... We're all I wouldn't come here if I was an alien. For real. That's no. right. No, that, I really do want to talk about though. That I have somebody that we're going to put on on a future podcast. You know, his dad actually had, had a big thing I with have, Area 51. I have some alien stories. And I have a lot of insight onto the Anunnaki. We're going to go ahead and devote a full hour one of these times to just... The Anunnaki, the Sumerians, and Zachariah Sitchin. We're gonna we're gonna spit raw facts, and then you're gonna decide, as a people, what you think. And then you can leave a comment on our Facebook page, which is at Into the Ether 2019, 2019. 
follow us on Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal. Thank you to everybody that's liked us, subscribed to us, everybody that can took the time to listen and download. Seriously, to everybody, I appreciate everything you guys do, all the support and love from El Rocho. I thank you guys. Yeah, definitely. We like to feel the love out there and we want to fan our audience even more. Go ahead and leave a comment. We'd like to hear what you think and we'd like to hear different topics that you'd like to hear about. So with that said, this is that guy and El Rocho and we'll see you on the next journey. We're out.